Welcome to the Insight MBA show. This is your Thursday show. This is the Chase Down. I am your host, Matty G. And today, because of the low volume day on Thursday of NBA action, there's only two games, four teams are at play. So there's not a lot we can do. And I'll cover those ads later in the pod. But today is one burning question that I get the most DMs for or the most in the comments below. It's this, Matty, when do I add a guy? When do I hold? When do I fold? What am I doing? Well, This is the time to talk about it because we are halfway through the NBA season. I'm going to look at the games and I'm going to use today's review to give you a bit of a look of who we should hold, who we should move on from, and when do we hold? Yeah, when do we hold? When do we fold who we've got up? And when do we make ads? When do we get aggressive to help win our fantasy week and our fantasy season? That's coming up for you straight after this. Welcome to the ultimate super coach and fantasy sports show. You are now listening to the Insight Fantasy Sports Podcast. Yes, indeed you are. And in the immortal words of one, Kenny Rogers from his legendary song, The Gambler. This is even before my generation, but I think you've heard it, especially if you love poker. You've got to know when to hold them know when to fold them, know when to walk away, and know when to run. you got to drop some guys like they are hot. Shout out to Snoop Dogg. And so the question is, when do I do it? When, when do I drop a guy? And it's probably leaning in towards the time that it's now, or depending on the situation. Obviously, if a guy gets a season-ending injury, and we never hope that's going to be the case, but when they're going to be out for a sustained period of time and could possibly derail your season, you drop them. You need to. You need to move quickly and take probably the best available guy or find a waiver stream until somebody else comes out, especially if it's a season-ending injury. And you never know when they're going to strike. But I'm going to use today's games across the NBA as a lens. When we can add guys and when we can fold guys and also use the Yahoo transaction trends to gauge whether a guy or not is worth the ad. And my case in point of is the first guy that I want to bring up today is someone who's been gettable and is reachable in many, many leagues. In fact, he's gone up 10% in Yahoo leagues, from 4% owned to 14% owned in the last day. And the guy's been brilliant. And I'm kind of surprised that he hasn't been snapped up in a lot of leagues earlier. In fact, I'm going to do it during the course of this show. I'm going to make the live ad of one Simon Fontecchio, Simon Fontecchio. The guy has been playing outrageously good basketball for the Utah Jazz. Now, they're locked into a game, a one-point game in the third quarter right now, live as I record this, okay, with the Detroit Pistons. Yes, it is the Detroit Pistons. But look at the guy's line. 500 from the floor currently, two threes, 13 points, three rebounds, three assists, two steals, and no turnovers. So my question is, who is the worst guy on your team? That's the guy you drop for a guy like Simon Fontecchio. Fontecchio has been absolutely blistering. In fact, in all of his starts this season, he's averaging 12 points, four rebounds, two assists, and 2.3 threes per game as a starter. And he has been starting for the Utah Jazz. He's been slotting in really well next to Laurie Markkinen. He's been a great compliment. He's working the ball in their rotational system, and he's getting a bulk of minutes. Currently, he's at 23 minutes in the third quarter, 29, 31. So that's the first thing. So when I'm asked, Maddie, when do I hold a guy? Well, my question is, has he just been performing like shit? Okay, cool. Is he more a consistent player usually? So was he hot to start the season? I think the look here is a guy, by contrast, who he's playing against right now is Asar Thompson. Now, Asar has been dropped 
everywhere. Like I have seen him available in some things. In fact, I'll have a look at where he's gone the last few days. Asar Thompson. He's continuing to go on down my last look, and he's been owned and owned and owned. Yep, he's now down to under half owned in Yahoo Leagues. He's gone down another 6% in the last day. He's 49% rostered, and today is the reason why. He's played not even seven minutes yet. One of four from the field. He's got two points, two rebounds, an assist and a steal. And people are holding on for him for grim, dear life because of the upside that he promised at the beginning of the season. This, this was a top legitimately 20 player in fantasy to begin the season. His inefficiencies were there. Then he got more efficient. But the defensive stats the guy was rocking up was absolutely insane. Obviously, Bogdanovich's return to the Pistons has hampered him an incredible amount, and we always feared that being the case from the very jump of the season. But, yeah, it's drop time for Asar Thompson until something happens, and we're starting to hear the trade machine, you know, the machinations of that, like just churning away, like could this guy go somewhere? And the Pistons have actually come down and said, we don't want to get rid of Bojan. No, Bojan's, Bojan's not going anywhere. We love Bojangles here. He, he, we love him. He's staying. Now, obviously, that's organizational rhetoric to a point, and he could go. I mean, if someone offered a mint deal, the Pistons are going nowhere. They're most likely going to get one of the top two draft picks next year. This is a rebuilding franchise. And here's a wanted veteran. Like, you've seen what he's put on in the team since he's returned out. He's been exceptional. Many people drafted him and held him in an IR spot for a while because that's where you hold a guy like that. Or they just, oh, he's, he's returning in a couple of weeks. Oh, all my guys are good. I'll dump off my shittest guy. I'm traveling really well in my league. I'll add him. I'll put him into IR and then I'll grab another guy back. It's that easy. And that's what you do in these situations. You need to look organizationally at what you need. So again, that's what you look at today and what's happening live in the NBA right now. And so we'll go through some of the results of the games that have finished up, as well as looking at the games that are currently on and look at, some, at, at this as a lens. So I guess this is a pretty much like a hot guys. Is this a hot guys collab? I think it's a hot guys waiver targets three way thing, which is awkward to think about, but it's definitely one of these. Targets acquired. Yes, and your target is brought to you by our good friends at Bonus Bank. Now, if you've never heard of Bonus Bank, it is one of Australia's best side hustles. They make the most of all those, hey, get your bet returns here or put your $10 wager on and get $10 in match betting back. If you want to know how to maximize that to put a return in your profit, check out Bonus Bank and use the promo code INSIGHT for 25% off. That's right, 25% off your first month subscription of that one. Look, let me go back to the beginning of today's game. And I want to bring up one of the guys who is an ad and a People have said, do I hold Jordan Poole? Well, no, I think he could could have, could have well moved on from Jordan Poole. And, and what do I do with Tyus Jones, who was performing better, but he played badly today? Look, you put guys like Tyus Jones most likely now in a trade because this is what this represents. It was a really well-balanced offense for the Wizards who lost to the Cavs today, 101 to 140 against the firing Cavs. And we'll get to the Cavs in a second. But pretty much most of the starters, apart from Dan Gafford, who has been offering exceptional value lately, he's probably been the best player on the Wizards, especially when you look at rankings over the last month of fantasy. Everyone basically took 11 shots. Kuz took 12. But Kuz, Denny Advia, Tyus Jones, and Jordan Poole all took 11 shots. The guy here that we look like the most, and who's an ad guy, who you can let go your shittest guy for, and when you want to fold out on them, you want to get rid of a guy like and look for your waiver wire like a Denny Advia. This guy has been providing value. He's getting consistent minutes. Now, it was a blowout today, so the minutes were obviously down. But this is what we look to a guy like Danny Advia. Corey Kispert, 
he's the kind of guy that you bring in for a stream. But we looked down at the Cavs and where do you get your value here? Well, there's no one because it was a blowout. George Nyang, the big fella, he went on a run for 15 points off the bench and Sam Merrill, Karis LeVert. You're not going to get Karis LeVert on these ones, but these are the guys that we hold on to. We hold on to the Karis LeVerts. Why? Because they might be inconsistent at times, but there has been this period of time without Evan Mobley and Darius Garland, the Karis LeVert has been a must roster guy. And he was someone who was available in your waiver wires. So again, when do you hold him? When do you fold him? And when do you move on to a guy? Well, where does opportunity exist in the team? And this might be a sell high on Karis LeVert. In fact, it probably is a sell high on Karis LeVert because people are going to look at his box scores from recently and be really excited by what he can bring to the team because there's not a lot ha happening in the Cavs right now apart from like Donovan Mitchell, shit from the field today, perfect from the line, but you love the balance and the two blocks from the Don. <sighs> Mate, he's been playing absolutely exceptional fantasy basketball and I think he will even get better as the season goes on. I, I'm pretty sure, look, no, I, I'm, I'm positive that if I was managing the Cleveland Cavaliers, I would not be trading him at least until the offseason. I'd be putting all my chips in. I know Garland's out. I know Allen's, I, I know Allen's playing tremendously well. Mobley's going to be come back in with Garland. And then I can go on a run with this team. They've done really well to buoy the bench. Like, this is a good team. Max Struess has been fantastic for the Cavs. And I think we can look there and get some value back. Another game that was fishing out earlier today was the Bucks and the Pacers. The Pacers got the win, 142 over 130. I like this how we're combining it in there. It's kind of like we're going back and we're doing pretty much our rewind. Fine. This has been... This is why initially you needed to hold a guy like Chris Middleton because Chris Middleton has bounced back since a very slow beginning of the season. And let's not lie, if you're listening to this podcast, you may have owned him at the beginning of the season. You may have taken him late. You may have got absolutely shit fed up and dropped the guy. You might, you might have done that. And now you're feeling pretty stupid about it. I guarantee if you dropped Middleton at the beginning of the season and you didn't get someone and you're still feeling up with a waiver guy and you've struggled from week to week occasionally – that you look at his line like this, seven from 13, four threes, perfect from the line, five, six rebounds, seven assists, two block shots, and you go, bugger me sideways and call me spanked. Because that's what you get from Chris Milton. Again, I said it before the season, the man is safe as houses. What can we glean with this? Who am I holding here? Look, yeah, of course you're holding him. But are you holding Damian Lillard? And I think it's right now the buyer low on Damian Lillard. And so you might be able to... Like this was a this was the pop open of the window of him going back to the usual value of Damian Lillard. Now it's on the back of a Bucks loss. He was six from eighteen, so the inefficiencies from the floor have been there for this bloke all season. Two from eight from three, nine from ten from the field. Look, two rebounds, five assists, the three steals from Dame. We love to see negative twenty two, twenty three points is nice, but this isn't like the thirty point Dame we expected. That pick and roll game that we thought was going to be lethal with Giannis just hasn't presented itself. Also, he's never had a pick and roll partner. I read an article, I think it was in the Atlantic a few weeks back, and they're still trying to figure it out. Like, really? You're, you're 34 games through the season. But again, remember that. You're only 34 games through the season, and they've still been fantastic, 24 and 10. They've still been a good basketball team. They're still playoff Eastern Conference contenders. No doubt about it. This isn't shit hanging on the Milwaukee Bucks. But it is a little bit shit hanging on Dame because he hasn't been the great player that we want Damian Lillard to be. He hasn't been 
the first round guy necessarily that we wanted Dane to be. Top 10 when I say first round. This is this was a guy people say, oh, he's still going to be fantastic. He's still going to be elite. He's going to have so much more space to be able to back. Well, it hasn't happened. So this is where if you're holding him, you might want to look around for a guy like Damian Lillard. Now, you probably fold it on Bruce Brown. This is where you pick him up because this is what he does in 28 minutes. They have been messing their roster, their starting lineups around, and this is where you should now fold. So you hold, and you, if you have Bruce Brown, if you held him in that IR while he was out those last like, five or six games, you're happy with this. You take him off IR straight away. You might have just seen how, where it went today and then reactivate him tomorrow and drop your worst guy because this is what it was always intended to be in this lineup here. You know, Jalen Smith sticks getting in there in the starting lineup for 19 minutes has been great. Obi Toppin with 27 minutes, Benedict Matherin with 25, but it's probably time to fold on Buddy Heald. Yep, no one to hold him. You might have worn it out, but now it's not when you fold. And you fold on Buddy Heald. 13 points, three from eight, two from four from three, two from three from the line, one steal with his 10 points. This has been Buddy Heald in declining value since the middle. His value skyrocketed initially when he went, came off the bench and moved back into the starting lineup. And we love to see that for Buddy. But he's been a little bit off the last few games, like 18 minutes, 21 minutes, 13. It could very much well be move on from heel time, especially if this pattern continues another game or two, because he's dropped down significantly in minutes, 33, 33, 38, 32. Now, 18. 21 and 13. You can start to see it happening. Jalen Smith getting more minutes at power forward. They're trying to slot Obi Toppin in more. They're trying to get Benic Matherin some more run. This is where he's gone down from 80% owned to 77% owned in Yahoo leagues, down 3% in the last day. And you've got to ask the question, do I drop Buddy Heald at this point, especially for a hot free agent like a Simon Fontecchio? Well, I, I probably almost would right now. Well, I'm not saying go and do it, but I'm definitely watching this pattern of minutes for Buddy Heald. And then if Fontecchio is about and he's playing this well and he's getting those starters minutes and he seems pretty locked in there at Utah, mate, this is where you 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 do fold and you move on like really successfully to a guy. So this is where we know when to hold him and know when to fold him. We see the patterns emerging and it's most likely in minutes and it's in injuries. That's where we see it happen. That's where we really see it shake out. The Thunder and the Hawks today, my God, can I just say this bloke has been absolutely fantastic. I had him stashed and I are. This is where you know when you need to hold a guy no matter what happens. He is the big horse though. I call him my Mick Dell from the Inside Podcast Network team. Jalen Johnson, 11 from 18, perfect from the line, seven rebounds, three assists, four steals. My Lord, 28 points, a team high right here. Going off someone who's been really hot lately, and I can't wait. I'm doing a show with FBI Basketball. Shout out to Kingy and to Mitch Casey, who's jumping on that one as well. Uh, I'm doing a Trey Young versus Dame trade scenario this evening. And Trey, still brilliant. 24 points, 11 assists, two steals. Love to see it. 10 from 11 from the line. Just over, just under 500 from the floor, about your 450 right there. But this is what we know when to hold guys and when to move on from guys. Are you holding the omelette? Are you holding Anyeka Okongwu? Because for me, I have been in one league all season. The promise is still there. They're giving minutes beside Clint Capella at times, and 25 could for Capella today, and 22 minutes for Okongwu. That's all right. The OKC Thunder going down to the Atlanta Hawks, and this is on the back of, look, just a brilliant 
superlative game from Shea Gilgis Alexander. Jalen Williams has been he's been exceptional lately. He's his sales seems to start slow. I think the hold the hold mentality for Jalen Williams should just always be applied now after two seasons of this. Like just hold him. Don't try and trade him too early. Boy it out. See where you go. Because he keeps on bouncing back or not even bouncing back, but just finding form as the season wears on. This is this is why people would have traded for him in the first place. And it was a buy low situation for him. And he's come back with a vengeance recently. I love to see it from Jalen Williams. I think I finished him up with like top 55 to 60. I think he was in my final bracket. And then he's now exceeding that lately. I might actually just look up where his uh, value has been the last day. So this is where we look at guys initially. And we go, where do we go with them? Like, where, do, where does a guy go? Because at the end of the full season and one they've been doing in the last couple of weeks, this is where we can find a lot of value in our guys. So let's look at the let's look at the movement here with the scores and see where it goes. Bogdan Bogdanovich, this is just the sell high window for him. I, I just don't know if the guy can continue. Actually, I probably wouldn't. I'm going to hold Bogdan Bogdanovich. I don't think it's sell high. This is where you say hold or fold because this talk of the DeJounte Murray trade, there's just been so many whispers of that lately. Now, whether it happens or not, we don't know. The Hawks are struggling at 14 and 19. They're five and nine at home. This was a great DeJounte Murray game. Like he's known for his defensive prowess, even though he hasn't really shown it, you would argue at times this season. He is a good stopper. And eight from 18 from the floor, perfect from the line, two from five. He's had some blistering hot games. But if it's the Lakers that he goes to and Delos in that trade, D'Angelo Russell on this team? Well, I just see more value coming from Bogdan Bogdanovich, who pretty much plays that Austin Reeves role, but more successfully for the Atlanta Hawks. I mean, apart from Reeves starting today, but this is where we look for that. Like, what is the patterns and the trends here? This is where we hold. This is where we definitely hold guys like that because he could even be buoyed greater in value today. It could well be time now to move on someone like Sadiq Bay. Now, he's still in the starters, and we all know that uh, DeAndre Hunter has been out and he's coming back in the next week or two. But three from 12, like two from eight from deep, I've got him in a three-point percentage league. This was a notoriously good shooter from three. Not notoriously good. I'm not saying he's like Luke Kennard, but he was reasonable. And he was open, and his percentages to start the season were excellent. He's got more minutes, he's getting more shots, and he's just not hitting them sometimes. The man's fluctuating all over the place. This is where you could probably move on a Sadiq Bay and go into a guy who you could stream in for a short term, whether it's the Fontecchios out there in this world or one of the hottest free agents that's around. You've got guys like Fontecchio, Gogo Badadze, Reggie Jackson, Benedict Matherin, Kelly Olynyk. Who can you stream in and can you get the same value from those guys off the wire and maximize your games played in a week as well? Because think about it. It's not very often you get a guy that's going to play five games a week. And in fact, the NBA schedule is kind of light with that this year. So we're not looking at a lot of massive five-game weeks. But what we can do is we can roll and maximize our games by the, using the wire. So am I in a tight week? Yes or no? Do the exercise. You know, the, the lesson we can learn here is how can I maximize the ads? Well, I only got Sadiq Bay probably for some points and threes, maybe chips and some rebounds or a steal. Maybe. That's what you're getting him for. Okay, cool. He's done that on your Monday and Tuesday on a back-to-back set. Now he doesn't play for two days. And he plays once more this week on Friday, let's say. Three-game week for the Hawks. Cool. cool. So why don't you drop him then on the Tuesday night after that game? First thing Wednesday, look at the hottest free agent who might be on a back-to-back set on the Wednesday, Thursday. Get those two games from that spot. 
Oh, cool. Excellent. Do that. And then roll that to a Friday, Saturday back-to-back or a Friday and Sunday back-to-back. And all of a sudden, you've just maximized three more games out of your week looking for the same things by someone who's going to bring you the same statistical profile of someone like a Sadiq Bay. And that's going to help you win your week. It's going to help you get your wins up. And if you're in a counting league, it depends on what kind of league you're in as well. Are you in a league that counts wins towards your top finishes? So in my ESPN leagues, it's just like, if you win the week, you get one. Easy. If you're in a lot of Yahoo leagues, it's how many wins total do you get? So you're obviously in those leagues trying to maximize your wins each week. It's the the, the happy medium of life is your 5-4. You know, it's not not sexy. It's not exciting. It's a 5-4. It's a win. Yay. Congratulations. But you can still miss out on playoffs with 5-4 and winning week to week to week to week. You, you can, because you might take some L's and it's narrow. And in a lot of Yahoo leagues, when the schedule flips and you have to play the same opponent twice, what happens if it's a week where you've got a bad schedule and you're not streaming it and you were confident because you beat that guy last time and he beat you 6-3? Yeah, what happens then? Well, you, you might miss that on your playoffs. So you've got to make some moves. And so the next answer to this question is this. Where are you in your league right now? Because now is the time at week 11, you need to fold some of you guys that you've held on to for far too long. You need to make some aggressive roster decisions or some aggressive trades to really help buoy it probably about now because you are looking at that launch pad of like the halfway point. So you're going to go back around your opponents who you've either won or lost to. Okay, cool. So you know your enemy now. Like I said this in our like tips to win your league part at the beginning of the season. Go back and check that one out. Go back down. I think the last one was five keys to success, like the final like wrap up. It's got a picture of Michael Jordan on the cover. Go back and check out that pod. I'll actually find it and I'll put the link in the description below after this comes out because you know your enemies now. You know where you're winning, but you know where you're losing. But more importantly, you know what your enemies, you know what your, I'm calling them enemies. They're probably your bloody best mates. Let's not lie. They're your mates. But you know where your mates are doing really well in. If they're smashing you in blocks every single week, don't go chasing waterfalls. Just stick to your rivers and your lakes that you're used to. Or just beat them somewhere else. Cool. They've got some guys who are blocking shots like Jaron Jackson Jr. This is, I'll get to him in a fucking second because he's doing my head in. But his rebound count is incredibly low. So don't worry about chasing the blocks. Go after a big who's going to buoy a field goal percentage that he doesn't do, who could also get good free throw percentages like Jonas Valanciunas gets minimal points. Well, if you're winning up on points with other blokes, he gets decent field goal percentage, good free throw percentage, and he gets you more rebounds statistically and less turnovers than Jaron Jackson Jr. So that's where you can counter your opponent slightly by looking forward to like looking for those guys in your league. Going back to another one, Scoot Henderson. Matty, what do I do with Scoot Henderson? I had this in a conversation the other day with someone because we were talking about trades for him. Uh, Shaden Sharp is back in the lineup. He's coming off the bench. Scoot Henderson starting, playing 33 minutes and was piss poor against the Mavericks. Piss poor today. Two from 11, one from four from three. He has been an elite free throw shooter, but he's gone two from four today. But five rebounds, seven assists, He's been blocking shots and getting steals, but they didn't exist today for him. So those peripherals were out. He was negative 28, still not the worst on the team. Anthony Simons was right beside him. Anthony Simons taking 16 shots, one from seven from deep. So if this is what's going to run out, you, you kind of, yeah, you do, you hold him. And it sounds woeful, but you just kind of hold it because this was a, a really bad game for Scoot. Like This was a bad game for Scoot. And you've got to take those lumps of, lumps of shit from your rookies in your lineup occasionally. You, you really, truly do. Now, I'm going to look down and check out where uh, he was. I've got him in one of my two leagues. And look, I know this as well. And 
He's probably going to cost me some turnovers. He's probably cooked my – yeah, he has. He's cooked my free th- – I'm looking at this now for the first time since I recorded the pod today. I'm also the jackass who had a choice of rolling out Walker Kessler or Nick Claxton. I'm going to get to that game in a second. So I have to choose a center in a one-center league, and I've got to make a choice. And I love Clacko. Like, Clacko is my guy. Like He's one of my favorite players. I don't know why. I just love Nick Claxton. But I benched him today because I wanted to run out Walker Kessler because I wanted blocks and volume. And Kessler's been getting more blocks and volume. So when do I bench a guy? When do I play a guy? That's another question I get quite a lot. So in the last week or so, Walker Kessler has been getting in his minutes off the bench more blocks when he's out there. He's top five in blocks in the NBA. And he's not even playing like over 30 minutes a night. It's nuts. He's like, his per 36 is on this are stupid. If he was playing starter minutes, he'd probably be leading the NBA in block shots, I've got to say. But today, five, two from four from the field. Love that. Four points, five rebounds, one assist. I got him for the volume in blocks today. So I rolled him out there. But my boy, Clacko, he had 10 rebounds in the first quarter versus the Houston Rockets. He finished with 12 and 13, six from eight from the field and two blocks. Great. The five blocks I love a bit more. It helps put me at like double that amount of blocks that like that Claxton got. But 13 rebounds right now to Kessler's five. And right now I'm just slightly losing out on the, on rebounds. So this is a real thing where I've got to make a choice as a manager and what do I want to do? So now I've really just sealed blocks this week. I'm one rebound behind. Now, I could have had seven more, but now blocks in this league, my opponent has no chance of coming back. Now, all these really great shooting days, Scoot Henderson finished my day with 182. That's shithouse. And now I'm losing my field goal percentage, which I was winning earlier. And this is where you can, we can flip. I have very good free throw shooters on one of my teams. I've got Fred Van Vliet, Mikhail Bridges, Scoot Henderson, all who shoot free throws very well, and Cam Johnson, all who shoot free throws very well. Today, FVV was 500. Macau, 667. Scoot, 500. This is where your week can turn. Now, I don't stress that because I know I can make that up very easy enough or I can just bench I can bench one of my poor free throw shooters like uh, now that I'm up so many. Oh, there we go. Thank you very much, Walker Kessler. Just tied rebounds for me. Yeah, freaking who? Oh, on Yahoo, that wasn't a pun at all. But now I can look at, I can seal up my blocks. I can focus on field goal percentage. I can look at my free throw percentage and I have some flexibility here. This is where though I look at a guy like Scoot and I do hold because those were atrocious numbers. The six turnovers, horrendous. I don't like it, but I just hold and see where it's going with Scoot in these minutes because he's ramping up and he has been playing well before this as well. So I really like what he does. 34 minutes, 33 minutes tonight, 34, 37, 17.6. The turnovers, look, he's a rookie. They're going to come and they're going to come in scores, but he has been playing well enough to be rostered, especially in a 12-man league. I wouldn't say 10s yet, but it's worth a flyer at some point, especially if you've got some guy in IR or some trash league guy out there that you need. That's probably where you're going to look for that. But he was horrible today, but this is where you hold him. Jabari Walker, he's been dropped. So you fold, you fold him. He's, Jabari's done. You, you don't need to be worrying about him anymore. He might ramp up. He might not. But you've got to look at what else is coming out of Portland right now. So this is where you use that. And they went down well and truly to the Dallas Mavericks, 126 to 97. And the question here is this. What do I do with Dante Exum? He didn't play. We've known we've moved on from Dante Exum. That's cool. Guess who's back in the mix? Yeah, it's Kyrie Irving, who was absolutely extraordinary on the second game back of a back-to-back set, which was really good to see from him. But he's like, Exum, you drop. 
Now, we know he's going to be in the starting five again soon enough. He didn't play well. He's got that heel contusion, so he's been ruled out. He was already doubtful for that, but you could probably move on from him. There's been other value guys around the fringes, like Derek Jones Jr., who wasn't that very good today. Derek Lively wasn't good today. But Kyrie Luca and Josh Green, like these are the guys that you want to be picking up or looking around on those fringes there. That's what happens when those opportunities present. So you, it's probably time to fold on that Dante Exum train for now when he comes back from that heel contusion. And again, it's a heel contusion. We just see Kyrie in the same organization miss 10 games. They're 20 and 15. They're not stressing anything. They're not going to be rushing back their guys anytime soon. And that heel contusion we just saw Kyrie go away with for over two weeks. Well, are we looking at the same? We need to have an injury report from that one to see how long Dante is going to be out. But yeah, it is. It's fold time on that one. So this is where, again, we use the lens of what's happening and we make our moves based on that one. The most important thing right now is, is injuries in your team and who's getting injured and who's not. The One of the biggest injury news is coming out today, and I should probably play the uh, walking around the broken leg thing just for fun. Why not? Yeah, it's Franz Wagner. He only played five minutes today for the Orlando Magic. He was going all right, and he was on an uptick as well. He went to the locker room with an ankle injury, and he has not returned to the game. So we're just waiting to see what's happening with him. He is obviously out right now for the rest of this one. He will not return. Uh, he's defending a drive in the first quarter, and it ended after five minutes there. So we're going to need to get a bit of a monitored update on what's going on with Franz. We've had Kobe White the other day, I guess, by the Chicago Bulls to – to see how these play out, like, oh, Matt, what do I do with Franz? Well, you hold him. You hold on to Franz straight away, and you wait for the medical reports to come out. I saw Kobe White dropped in a league the other day, and I was legitimately asked, shout out to SMK or uh, whatever your Conzi, whatever your name is today, Shane, g'day, mate. I know he's a, an avid listener. He asked me, mate, what do I do with Kobe White? And I'm like, look, you might want to leave if he's out for a while, but just maybe hold for the time being, see what happens today, because it's still Kobe White. You could probably move off him soon enough as well. Just with Levine coming back, it's kind of 50-50, but you always just want to see how it plays. Because Kobe White was exceptional today. 26 points, 9 from 19, 6 from 9 from 3, 2 from 2. The 8 assists, 4 rebounds are great, and the block shot. This is Kobe White at his absolute probably best, you'd argue. But with Zach Levine coming back into the fold very, very soon, the window was going to slam shut. The minutes that have been there lately as well for Alex Caruso aren't going to be there. So this is where we look to move on these guys. Now, you hold, but you could use them in trades and for trade bait. And talking about trades, hasn't that worked out well for the Knicks so far? OG Ananobi, second game as a New York Knick. They have got the victory over the Bulls today, 116 over 100. And OG here, 11 points, two steals, two assists, eight rebounds, one from four from deep. They're using him much more as a spot-up shooter. That can creep up. But no one really takes many shots in this team apart from Julius Randle, who has been incredible lately. Another 35-point game for, for Orange Julius today. The nice beneficiary of this one as well has been Dante DiVincenzo. Run. And know when to run to your waiver wire for a guy. Dante DiVincenzo taking 10 shots, which is more than OG Ananobi in this starting lineup with 25 minutes which is a really balanced for them because Josh Hart played 25 minutes off the bench, Quentin Grimes with 18 minutes, but 25, if Dante can get up to 28, 30 minutes a night and provide like just that extra bit more of a spark, three turnovers weren't great for him today, but the five assists, the five rebounds, the steal and the three threes, that's Dante things. So yeah, you run to get a guy like that. You 100% do. And so at the beginning of the season, what did you do with 
Julius Randle? It's the question. Well, you held him because you paid such a pick for him, or you sold, or you probably sold him. You might have sold him low or bought him low, and now he's returning that dividend to you at the beginning of the season. So again, we looked at that as a lens for what we can do. Right now, the Phoenix Suns are making a bit of a comeback in the fourth quarter versus the LA Clippers. Kawhi Leonard has been exceptional. Paul George, exceptional. And so has James Harden. He has looked like an absolute weapon of his old self lately. So what do we do here? Well, we fold on Russell Westbrook. If you're holding him, you're getting him for one reason. You're getting him for assists and some rebounds, but two from seven from the floor, zero from two from three land. He's not adding those. The perfect from the line is good for Westbrook. He's not getting them in the volume, but if he goes to the line twice, and he can quite frequently miss two free throws in a game if he's only getting there twice. Yeah, the five rebounds, the two assists, the two steals, don't get me wrong, they're nice, but they don't happen every single game for Rusty. So what are we doing with Brody? Yeah, we're moving on a guy on, a, on from a guy like Russell Westbrook. Like we really are at this point because he's not getting the minutes. I know he's requested of his own volition to go to the bench, but look, 18 minutes, 18 minutes, 20 minutes. And he's giving the, the two steals in the last few games have been great. Like they're coming in drips and drabs, but you can get those from a guy like Matisse Thibel. Like, what are you what are you really getting from the bloke? Like, I think it's fault. And he's this is a guy who was 79% rostered. So who would you rather right now? Would you rather a Scoot Henderson upside or a Russell Westbrook flatline? Make a decision. I don't actually know what I'd do because I hate the inefficiencies of a rookie with Scoot, but we all know what happens in silly season come towards our playoff time in NBA fantasy. We all know what happens. People are going to be clamoring for the wire in like three weeks' time, four weeks' time for Scoot Henderson because some shenanigans are going to go on in Portland. I don't know where I lean, but I am leaning to folding on Russell Westbrook right about now because it hasn't looked good for him. And the minutes are down. I think it really is a case right now where Rusty has just... It's just not being good. He, he's he's droppable in 12-team leagues, 100%. Like, I'd be dropping him in a 12-team. Like, maybe you own him in a 14-team because he's giving you some extra. In a 10-team league, if you own Russell Westbrook, you 100% need to move off of him in a 10-teamer. 100%. I think you definitely need to do that one. The Pistons, this is gone. It's one minute. It's the last play in the fourth quarter, and I can't believe that. It's all down. Jordan Clarkson. He has been on fire today, can I just say? I, I love seeing when Jordan Clarkson does Jordan Clarkson things. This was a guy who was droppable. The guys that we pick up from here with Fontecchio, this whole lineup that they've been running in Utah has been a lot of fun, this whole Chris Dunn starting and, and small guys and then Keontae George getting 23 minutes a night, inefficient tonight. You know, Walker Kessler off the bench, Kelly Olynyk still coming out and rolling 20 minutes. Like, it's been really impressive, but Fontecchio has been the big winner here. Of all the starters, he's played the third most minutes tonight. Obviously, their number one guy is Lowry Markinen, and he is on 25 points for the night, six rebounds, three from seven from deep, four from five from the line. He's been playing absolutely huge. Again, when do we move on from guys like Asar Thompson? Well, we should have by now. Why? Because... Boyan Bogdanovic. Boyan is doing 31 points, five assists, one steal. Isaiah Livers has gone into the starting lineup, eight points there. Look, it just doesn't exist, that opportunity for him right now. So we fold on this one, and that game is coming down to the wire. And by the time we probably wrap this pod in a few minutes' time, we'll have that one here. It's coming down to the last one. The Heat and the Lakers. Well, yeah, it's probably time to move on from D'Angelo Russell. 
Yeah, he has not played again today. The guy in the starting lineup filling his need right now has been Austin Reeves, and they just haven't looked good, the Lakers. And everyone was clambering with the stat padding out there that LeBron James was having a better three-point shooting season than Steph Curry, and Steph is in a slump. And we all saw that, that clickbaity kind of stuff the other day. Well, today, LeBron, two from nine from the floor, zero to three. And the Lakers just don't know how to hit a three. They're 18% from deep. They are three from 16. The Heat, seven from 20. And the guys that are cooking them, a Tyler Hero yet again, Kyle Lowry, the little fellas, Jovic is doing point. It's the next man up by committee, especially with Jimmy Butler being out, Duncan Robinson getting some run out there, Josh Richardson getting some run. They have only run an eight-man rotation at halftime. And you can tell how desperate the Lakers are to make something happy because they've rolled out a 10-man rotation. Jackson Hayes hasn't entered the game. Hachimura hasn't entered the game. And D'Angelo Russell is still out with that tailbone injury. So they haven't rolled him out there in this one today as well. But this is where they're eight points down, 18 points. They can never just get off the jump in the first quarter. Like They just are really, really slow out of the blocks. But this is where you could probably also fold and get it back a nice pick maybe for Jimmy Butler at this point. It's by a low window on Jimmy Butler for sure. But you don't like you, you don't just go and give away for peanuts for a guy like Jimmy Butler with the injury. So you do hold him if that's the case because you're not people are going to throw you those you know those buy a low offers on Butler. You do have to hold him because you're probably not going to get back what you returned for him at the beginning of the season. If you can, great. I'd move on to that one for someone who's way more consistent, a hundred percent. Like that's where I'd be rolling. But it's probably time to move on from a guy like. Wendell Carter Jr. to go back to that whole Orlando Magic news as well with that Franz Wagner that was happening. Uh, Wendell Carter Jr. has not been good this season. Now, I know that because I dropped him. I held him in IR, and then I dropped him. I, I had him. Actually, no, I didn't even have him. I, fuck me. I didn't even have him. I had him on a bench where it's like it's a 14-man roster. Like I had it there for a while. I thought, I'm just going to hold him. He was having his best game when he got injured, and I knock you with thumb knock, minute and a half to go. Poor bloody bloke. And then Goga Badadze, Mo Wagner have come in. They're filled in admirably. Goga's still getting the start. He's got 15 minutes. Mo Wagner's had five. Wendell's got 10 minutes. He's one from floor from the field. He hit his three. Yay. Oh, he's a big man who can stretch the floor and hit threes. We're enamored with a big guy who can hit threes. Yeah, but he's still his percentages are still ruined you. You get one three off a point guard or shooting guard streamer. One from four is not good. One rebound, one assist. It is time to move on from Wendell Carter Jr., especially in your 10-man leagues and your 12-man leagues for now. Because until there's consistency from him, you can get that off the waiver wire with Gogo Badadze, who is consistently on the waiver wire. And the exercise here is that Gogo is less owned than Wendell. Bugger me sideways. What are we doing? We, we need to make the smart call on this one. Valanchunas is a better option. Valanchunas is a better option, and he's 89% owned. And he should be, but he does exist. I'm looking at him right now on one of my waiver wires. Why? Because his minutes have been down lately. They've had some good wins. Matchup contingent against Gobert. He played 20 minutes, but again, four points, seven rebounds, three assists. Love that. One turnover. And he's generally doing it on good percentages and can hit his free throws as well. So that's where you move on someone. They might be starting getting the minutes, but at least he's starting and getting the minutes. But it is time to fold on Wendell Carter Jr. for now. 100%. Like, and, and, and I hate saying it as well. And look, the Utah Jazz, 30 seconds less. They've gone up 135 to 132 for these ones. And that pretty much wraps it up for our overall look at the games today. Um, I've, I've pointed out the main ones there were who to hold, who to fold, and who to look at. But again, I guess we could do this one. We could do a bit of a preview. He's heating up. 
Yeah, we're going to look at Thursday, the lowest volume day, and then the highest volume day of the week, 14 games on Friday. So we're looking at our back-to-backs. Now, you're probably not going to have a position that's available with 28 teams playing in the NBA to roll this a back-to-back. You're not. The Nuggets and the Warriors are the only two teams that play Thursday and Friday. So we're looking at Trace Jackson Davis, uh, Peyton Watson, Reggie Jackson for the Nuggets, and for the Warriors, probably looking at Kevin Looney, Dario Saric, Jonathan Kaminga, Chris Paul has been on some waiver wires lately. We pick him up. We bring him in for a game. We're we're looking for those guys as our back-to-back options, looking to then boy the Saturday and Sunday. Now, Saturday and Sunday, you might be telling me, Matty, who's the best option there? Who's going to be the the back-to-backs? It's a low-volume day. It's four games and nine. Well, it's one of these ones. It's a NBA uh, because there's none. There are no Saturday and Sunday back-to-backs this week. So what we do is we make the most of our Thursday ad. We try and bring in some Warriors or we try and bring in some, especially if we need that position, we bring in some Warriors, we bring in some Nuggets. So it's the Bucks, the Spurs, the Nuggets and the Warriors. Bring in the streamer for the day, strengthening your team. You're not going to have it. And then position yourself for the best available players for your Saturday and a Sunday to help you drag over the line. Make sure you like and subscribe all of the things, all of the content right here on Inside Fantasy Sports. Like and follow and we'll catch you soon, guys. See you later.